Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and this is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church, just outside of Toledo, Ohio. Now, if you've been listening for a while, maybe you want to pull out your Google Maps and see where Toledo actually is. We're located in the heart of Northwest Ohio, about an hour south of Detroit, Michigan, and about three hours north of Columbus. So uh, just if you want to ever check us out, you'll know where we're at. And if you're ever traveling through Toledo, Ohio uh, on a Sunday or a weekend, come visit us at Christ the Word Church. Hey, I'm so thankful that you're listening today. I'm really glad for this particular uh, podcast because it gets to be able to spread out. People who don't live in Toledo get to hear it, which is great. Um, It's a very humbling experience to know that a lot of women are listening, and I just want to remind you of a couple of things that are helpful. Shoot me an email at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com and send me some of your ideas about things you want to hear about on our podcast. Um, And also, if you can, give us a five-star review on any podcast directory that you you use. Um, It really helps us, and it allows our podcast to get in the better algorithm so people can see us more, which is great. Well, are you ready for the very last episode of season four? I cannot even believe how fast this went by. I've been so thankful this season. We've talked about how we can respond to this gift that God has given to us of salvation. We've talked each week about something different from confessing your sins, repenting, turning and loving other people. We've talked about different things that are important, like the importance of church fellowship and being involved in your local body. We've talked about the importance of reading the Bible and scripture memory and prayer. All of these things that are kind of like the duties of being a Christian, but actually should be really our response to what God has given. So I'm going to end today with a great episode, an episode on something that I think is just as important as all those other things I mentioned. It's all about being hospitable. And you may be thinking, okay, what is hospitality? What is it? What does it really mean? Well, I've got the answers for you today on this podcast because I brought on a good friend of mine um, who's going to share with us a whole bunch of really cool things about how to be a hospitable, um, how to do this. She does this in her life on a consistent basis. And um, let me tell you, it's not because she has a perfectly clean home. So I'm, I'm, I'm not throwing her out there under the bus here saying it's dirty, but I'm sure there's lots of times that um, she has people in her house and not everything is perfect. Let's put it that way. My guest tries to live her life to honor God. And so without further ado... I feel French now. I think that's French. <laughs> I want to say, I want to introduce my friend, Sharon Arndt. Sharon, I'm so glad you're here uh, with us. Um, I uh, think you and I have spent hours together putting together crazy ideas. So I'm glad you are willing to come on this crazy podcast. We have done a lot of crazy things and it's been great fun. Yeah. So thanks for having me today. Okay. So Sharon, I usually ask people right up front, all of their faves. Part of this is because it just kind of is a great way to get to know you. And I know that it makes people who are on my on the podcast feel uncomfortable. Like I have to talk about all my favorite things. So that's okay. Since everybody else has done it, I'm going to have you do it. Okay. So tell me like your, I don't know, your favorite people, favorite activities, favorite sweet treat. Or okay. maybe savory, I don't know. Favorite right. place you love to go? Or hey, okay. whatever faves you want to talk about. Well, my favorite is a place we go in North Carolina, and it's called Topsail Island. Ooh. Um, it's just a great beach, and my family's been there multiple times over the past 18 years. Um, so the cool thing about Topsail is there's thousands of shark teeth. Ooh. So... We scour the beach every year and find shark teeth, and some of us are better than others at doing it, but <laughs> we might have dropped a few for Mike's mom a couple times, oh. just so she thought she found one. 
Don't tell her I said okay. that. Okay, okay. Except this is all over <laughs> yes. everywhere. Yeah, it's on the podcast. Whoops. Um, so anyway, one of my count, my kids actually counted them. Oh, you're kidding me. Was we, this a homeschool project? No, actually, I'm not sure why they did it, but <laughs> we have probably over 4,000 shark teeth. <gasps> no so, way. Yeah, it means there's a lot of sharks at top sale. So, yeah. Okay, now that makes me wonder, do sharks just naturally lose teeth and get new ones coming in? They do all the time. Okay. And they're all shapes, sizes. Cool. And it's fun to find a big one. So I think you should start making jewelry. We have made some necklaces. Yes, we have. It's so fun. So yeah, they're sitting on my mantle. So if I am hospitable to those listening, you'll see them on my mantle. All right. I love it. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your family though. So I'm married to Mike and we have 11 kids. How many? 11 kids. (laughs) And they're all ours together. And we have no twins. That's the next question people ask. (laughs) And I have three children that are married, and we have our fifth grandchild on the way by the end of the year. So that's super exciting. Very exciting. And my son was an uncle at the age of three, so that's kind of fun for him. Yeah, that is really fun. Like, he's going to hang out and play with his uh, nephew. They're best buds. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, Sharon, we always start by asking the same very basic question about any topic we ever have on the podcast. And I always ask this question because this is where I find source of truth, and I think it's a good place for all of us to go. And that is the question, what does the Bible say about the topic? So, what does the Bible say about hospitality? I'm pretty sure it says something. Uh, It actually says a whole bunch about (laughs) hospitality. So, if you look at Webster's definition of hospitality, it's the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers into our home and lives. Hmm. So with that in mind, I kind of pulled out five principles from the Bible about hospitality. There's many more than five, but I think these are the top ones. Okay, great. I love this. I love lists. So I love this. I should get my pen out. Yeah. My my cup of multicolored pens. Yes. Write them down. Yes. Okay. So give them to us. So number one, the Bible clearly commands us to do this. In 1 Peter 4, 9, it says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. So that's pretty clear, you know, we're supposed to be hospitable. Yeah, I like the added without complaint. Exactly. Because it's easy to be hospitable. Well, you seem like you're hospitable, but if you're complaining, that's not really doing it, huh? (laughs) And a lot of times it happens. You grumble in your heart and you're not. That's right. You're complaining. So, okay. So next on the list, number two, we're called to be generous with what God has given us. In Hebrews, it says, do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Mm. So we're called to be generous when we're being hospitable. Absolutely. And that's good for us. Um, The third one I thought of was um, hospitality is a great way for us to practice being unselfish and humble. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So when you think about having people in your home, you're spending time planning, cleaning, prepping, um, and we're putting others above ourselves and we're thinking of them Mm -hmm. and making our home nice to bring people in. And as I've said before, Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. So it is full of good stuff like that. Chock full. Yeah. Okay. So how about number four? Okay. So God's word tells us in Matthew to not store up for ourselves Mm. treasures on this earth. So... When we're having people in our homes, we have to have an eternal focus. So 
as many of you probably know, when you have people in your homes, there's a lot of mishaps that yes. can happen. Yes. Um, spilled milk, which is minor, but your, your woodwork might get scratched. Yep. You have handprints on your walls, broken dishes, and I, there's a lot more yes. you could add to that list. Um, and then based on how you respond to those mishaps, it reveals your motives. And if you're treasuring things on the earth more than you're treasuring the people that are in your home. Yeah. that's a, So it's a good heart check. That's kind of like a good question to ask ourselves. You know, how, how am I responding to this situation that happened? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we won't always respond right, right? Yeah. Sometimes we'll yep. mess up and we can kind of evaluate it. Yeah. All right, give yep. us number five. All right, so we're called to trust God and trust that he will provide everything that we need. So when we invite others in, we're forced to trust that God's going to provide the energy, endurance, the money, the time, and everything else that we need to be hospitable. Hmm. So those aren't the only reasons, but I thought those are the big ones. Yeah, those are really good reasons. And I love that you had verses that fit with them because... We've talked before that uh, the Bible is just full of information that we can use today, like yes. to live with today. So what you shared was just really good in regard mm -hmm. to hospitality. Uh, I love it. So, um, okay, so why does God call us actually to be hospitable? Because I know the Bible talks about sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Or being kind and compassionate to others. Uh, can't we just stop there? Why do we actually have to be hospitable? Well... It's really great to be friendly. We all know that. And even a smile at the clerk at Walmart could brighten her day. Sure, you know? especially and often, recently. Yeah, because you can't see smiles, but now we can. So praise the Lord. Um, but bringing someone into your home and opening your life to them, you create communication and bonds that you mm. really can't forge any other way. So, you know, saying hello to someone in passing doesn't really allow you to go deep with them. Right. So over a meal or dessert allows for great conversation. Sure. Yeah, that's true. That, like there's some time limit, time ability there. Mm-hmm. And um, being hospitable forces us to consider others better than ourselves, which I already talked about. And as we lay aside our desires and wants to serve others, well, that's what Christ calls us to do as Christians. Mm -hmm. And then... If you have small children, hospitality is an awesome way to train your children to serve others. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good a good thing to to add how important it is because they're in your home all the time, mm -hmm. and so this gives them a chance to practice those those things too. And yeah. in addition to that, how you respond to mishaps is going to teach your children yep. the godly response. Yeah. And sometimes we fail, but we can ask for forgiveness what more, we talked about in other episodes right. right more than even you saying it to them yes. is your actions right exactly yeah and then julie one added bonus for us as women um in timothy it talks about the deacons of the church are charged to help a widow in the qualifications for them to help her it says if the widow has a reputation for good works and if she has brought up children if she has shown hospitality to strangers mm -hmm if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has assisted in those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. Hmm. So, I, I actually hear hospitality about eight times in what you just read. I know. Because good works, hospitality is a good work, right? Yep. And, um, you know, hospitality, it actually said hospitality to strangers. Yes. And um, it also talked about assisting those in distress, and that can actually be a way that you can be hospitable. So there's a lot of a lot of ways in that verse that yes. we're called to do that. And that is an encouragement 
right? Yeah. To those of us who are women, yeah. um, as we head towards perhaps widowhood, I'm not sure where God yeah. will lead us, but yeah. okay. So let's start thinking about some of the good examples of stories in the Bible of people who've showed and exemplified hospitality. Give me some good ones, Sharon. And, um, we'll make sure though, to put all of these general stories and these passages in our show notes. So you might want to go and read them later, pull them yeah. out and be encouraged by it. So give us some good ones. Okay. Sharon. So I just synapsed some of the ones I found, but I think of in the old Testament Genesis where Abraham and Sarah, they're, you know, in the desert living yes. in a tent and three strange. Okay, stop. I'm sorry. I cannot possibly live in a tent. <laughs> I can't I mean, either. <laughs> I, can, I, I have trouble even camping in a tent for a long yes. time. But let's just give Abraham and Sarah a little extra credit for staying in a tent. <laughs> in the desert. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure it was not air conditioned. No. Okay. So what happens? Okay. So these strangers showed up and they immediately killed the fatted calf, mm-hmm. prepared it, set it before their guests, which, you know, Julie, there's no Meyer or Walmart down the street. Yep. So... That literally had to have taken hours. Yes. And they did it joyfully. And, and they. And probably that was the fatted calf. Yes. Like they may not have had like a whole bunch of them. That's like we go true. to Costco, you can't just buy a pack of fattened calves exactly. at Costco. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. Another great one in Genesis was when Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for Isaac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he traveled quite a distance. He had a whole entourage of, you know, people and animals. And he was actually housed for days. Yes. Not just him. Yeah. Him and all his animals and all the people with him. So he fed and kept all the animals and fed him and all his people. So it wasn't just a meal and say, bye, bye, on your way. So yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Another great one is in first Kings and it's about a widow that fed Elijah. Um, she and her son only had a small amount of oil left to make some bread mm. and they were going to starve after that oil was used. Um, and the Elijah commanded this widow to feed him first. So wow. she did what he said and fed him first. And the amazing thing is her oil didn't run dry and yeah. God blessed her for being hospitable and provided in a miraculous way for her and her son. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories. I remember being a little girl and realizing, hearing that story like in Sunday school or something, mm-hmm. and being encouraged by that, thinking that, you know, how cool it is that God provided for this old lady. Yeah. You know, and he, it was just a great story. Great story. And it did say like, they were going to eat this and they were going to yes. die. They were prepared to die because they were had nothing left. So yeah. that's a great example. What about to Jesus? I mean, what you've given me is all these Old Testament stories, which I do think the Old Testament is 100% valid. It's the same as the New Testament. But what about Jesus or New Testament stories? Okay, so all throughout the New Testament, there are so many examples of hospitality shown to Jesus. So he would travel from town to town to share the gospel, and the Christians would open their homes for him Mm. to stay. And some of the ones that are mentioned... You know, I think of Simon, Mary, and Martha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Zacchaeus, Emmaus. Sure. Do you want to sing the Zacchaeus song? No, I can't sing, but you can. (laughs) Okay. But that's a really good one. That's actually a story. The Zacchaeus song, if you know that one, is actually the story of of hospitality. Sing it, Julie. No, that's all right. Okay. (laughs) You're coming to my house today, right? Yep. And who knows if he wasn't planning on it, but it's good to be spontaneous. That's right. Um, And then... Along with that, the disciples, you know, were traipsing along with them even after Jesus 
died, the yes. disciples were ministering and spreading the gospel. Um, so some of the ones the Bible mentions, there's Simon the Tanner, Cornelius, the Philippian jailer, oh, yeah. Aquila and Priscilla, and there's a lot of others that housed the disciples yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing, Julie, the first churches, there weren't like, you know, churches everywhere. Right. They started in the homes of people. Mm -hmm. So these Christians would open their homes and they would, I think sometimes the services would go for days or sure, hours. Sure. And yeah. They'd all be together. So, you know, if you're there more than a few hours, they need to be fed. So they would eat together and they would fellowship and it really strengthened the bonds of the early Christians. Yeah. And their homes were, I mean, their homes were certainly just the homes of the day. They weren't mm -hmm. fancy. They weren't yes. necessarily big. Yeah. They, they didn't have all the most exciting um, new stucco. I don't know what they would have that would be <laughs> exciting, but they were just normal average places. And yeah. I'm guessing that you and I both have relatively normal average homes. Mm -hmm. So we can be hospitable in that way. Yep. Um, I also was thinking as you were talking about the, how the the disciples and how after Jesus died, they went out to share the gospel mm -hmm. and how important that hospitality was in that gospel getting spread. Yes. And I, that's just a really good thing to think about how all those people, Cornelius, the Philippian jailer, Aquila, Priscilla, that opened their homes and showed hospitality at different points, they were all doing that. And in the process, it allowed the gospel to get spread further. And exactly. I think that's actually really what happens now with hospitality. Even though we might be hospitable to someone in our church who already has a soft heart and loves God, mm -hmm. we still don't know who and where people are coming from. So it's just a good thing to think about there too. Yeah. That's okay. Good. That's really good, Sharon. All the things you shared are just such a really good foundation for why hospitality is important and what the Bible says. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now let's talk about some of the practical side because okay. it sounds wonderful. Let's, let's have a whole bunch of people over, but there's a lot that goes into it. And so we're going to kind of walk through the second half of the episode talking about some of the practical side of it. So let's start with that hospitality can be very costly. Yep. Uh, I just want to stop and talk for a minute to our listeners who might be living paycheck to paycheck or have a small amount of budget. Um, you know, maybe they don't have a whole lot of money. What, what can you do to be hospitable, even if you are living paycheck to paycheck? Well, that's a really great question. Um, so first of all, you can be hospitable by inviting someone to play at the park with you or go for a walk. That's showing hospitality. Um, so our first thought when we think of hospitality is like this big, lavish mm -hmm. meal prepared like a magazine picture in a perfectly clean home with a well-manicured lawn. And with your, your vacuum lines just exactly. perfect, right? You got them go just always yep. the same way, right? And you know that doesn't happen to me all the time because you said I had a messy house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean you had a messy house. But I just mean it's a lived-in house. It is lived-in. And lived my house in. is lived-in too. So. And it's not perfect, but I can be a hospitable. Yeah. So, so sometimes the standard we set is so high that we fail before we even attempt to be hospitable. Yeah. So if you think about the Bible examples that we mentioned, we have it fairly easily. We're not in a tent in the desert. That's right. <laughs> you know, we have great conveniences that these people in Old Testament and New Testament times did not have. But I will add that you could be hospitable when you're camping too. Just you want to say that. That's true. You can, but if you go it's camping. not our normal, right? <laughs> if, if you go camping. So the point of hospitality is getting to know others and to make them feel welcomed in your home or in your life in some way. Mm -hmm. It's not to showcase how neat you are or how great of a cook you are. 
And then if it morphs into it all being about you or what people think of you, well, you kind of have missed the mark of the point Mm. of hospitality. So our goal should be to show the love of Christ to the people in our homes. That's a really, really good point that I think I want to kind of stop and pause for a minute because what you just said is if we are always thinking about ourselves and how easy that is to do because that's kind of our natural bent, then we're really not going to have a good job being hospitable. No. And so we have to have our focus be about the other people that are going to walk into our homes or that we're going to go to the park with and be thinking about a different, it's like a, it's like a, where your motives are. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good, very good point. Yep. So back to your question about, you know, if you don't have a lot of money. So, I mean, you can make spaghetti pretty darn cheap and it's not like you need to have a big 10 pound pot roast that's going to blow your budget. Um, Spaghetti is super cheap to make. Lasagna can be easy and cheap and feeds a lot of people. Um, and then tacos, tacos are relatively tacos cheap. Tacos are cheap. You could do that. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be a huge meal every time. You could just invite people over for dessert and coffee, you know, okay. later. Um, so yeah, I think it's super easy to, um, get into an idea that the hospitality is about what we eat. Yeah. But if you are welcoming and you are welcoming people into your home I mean, it really doesn't matter. You can make a pan of brownies pretty and simply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Very good point. Okay. So, um, what about often people volunteer to bring something? So should we let them? I mean, it, it, it helps you out if they say, can I bring a dessert? Mm-hmm. You know, is it okay since they're hospitable to be well, hospitable in that way? I'm going to give out another big secret of mine. Like if someone offers to bring something, I usually wholeheartedly welcome that because it's kind of my super secret way of finding good recipes. <laughs> so I say, hey, bring whatever is your specialty. Like whenever I go somewhere, everybody says bring rolls because mm. I make rolls. Oh, yes. You, you know, so then <laughs> even if I don't want to bring rolls, I have to bring rolls. So it's kind of cool to find other people's favorite, what they're known for. And then mm-hmm. you kind of remember them when you make it again. And yep. it's a way to reach out to them and say, hey, I made your dessert. It was great, you know, to keep in contact. So and it actually is, a, I think, a blessing to the person who's been invited over because then they get to participate. Yes, exactly. And then again, it's not so much about us and us hosting yes. people. It's about we're all doing this together. And not like, good. look at this great dessert I made. And, you know, yeah. so yes. yeah, I... I always welcome that. I think it's it's a good thing to do when you're going to someone's house is to offer to bring yeah, something. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so um, maybe there's people who have some money and can afford to buy that chuck roast that you talked about, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and that's great. I mean, there's no nothing wrong in having that. You don't have to have spaghetti. Yeah, you can go exactly. either way. Yeah, but it does bring me to think about the difference between hospitality and entertaining. So, are they the same thing? Well, that's a really good question. Um, so if you haven't already picked up on the fact, Julie and I have been friends for a long, yes. long time. Yep. Um, so I when, think that we, we met at church probably almost 16 years ago. Yeah. That's been a long time. Long time ago. A long time ago. Um, so anyway, when I invite Julie and her family over to my house, it's like putting on my favorite pair of jeans or shoes that I know well. It's yeah. comfortable. The conversation flows well. We have lots of things in common. Our kids are friends. So it really goes well without too much effort. So I would call that entertaining. And then 
being hospitable includes, you know, that would include those you know, your friends, your family, but it also includes strangers. And strangers can be anyone you come in contact with. Your neighbors, coworkers, the lady at the grocery checkout. As you obey God's word about hospitality and inviting people into your home, they become friends and they're no longer strangers. So, let hey, me just Hey, okay. give me an example. Cause, okay. Cuz that is a little bit confusing. Okay. Like should I be inviting the grocery store checkout lady over? Um, well, not necessarily, okay. but you could. Okay. So give me an <laughs> example of how that works. Let me give you an example. Okay, so a few years ago on Easter, um, my daughters were aware of a family that had no plans. And by the way, this lady was 10 months pregnant. Like she was oh, like wow. ready to have a baby. So she just wanted to go sit on her couch on Easter. So I hadn't met this family yet. So my daughters told me about them and I went up and introduced myself and I said, Hey, I hear you don't have anywhere to go on Easter. We'd love to have you join us for dinner at our house. Great. So they took me up on that offer. Yay. They came and so I'm thankful they accepted this last minute invite and they came so we have since made this a, tra a tradition. They've been at our house every Easter oh, since then. That's so, so fun. So now we're very good friends. And when they drive by our house, their kids call our house the Easter house. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> that's fun. The e that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, do you ever have them any other time? Oh, yeah. 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 So they we, just think Easter's every day, though. Yes, they do. <laughs> every day's Easter at my house. So okay, it's kind so, of fun. So thinking about kids, that makes me think. What are some ideas for getting our kids involved in hospitality? Because at the very beginning of the podcast, you talked about hospitality being a really good way to teach our children, to train our children um, in loving and caring for others. So give me some ideas. Okay, so you bring up a good point, training. You have to train them. It's not going to come naturally, just like it doesn't come naturally for us. We right. have to practice. So like I usually have my kids take coats. They offer to get drinks share their toys, which is a big one, especially when they're younger, to yes. teach them that. Um, and just teaching them that people are more important than things, like we talked about earlier. And not to sweat it if one of their toys gets broken. It's okay. Um, and then I make sure I tell them what to expect when people are in our house and also what I expect of them. And then I've done this quite a few times. We role play like how to do things or Good idea. what kind of questions they ask people or, and we try to, I try to make it funny and they remember it. So that just gives them yeah. something concrete to, to know and do. Yep. So they're not floundering. Um, so I'll have them, you know, give them a few questions like, Hey, when this person comes over, you could ask them this and then right. they engage in conversation. That's awesome. And then the one time we had my eight year old son he was in this great conversation. We had this 70 year old man in our house and they, they're now fast friends. It's just Aww. delightful to watch them. And that wouldn't have happened if he had not been in our home and got to know my son. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of sweet, the fellowship that they have. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. You know, I think one of the best things, um, I'm just going to add my little comments in here. Yeah, is, uh, great. I, I think one of the best things you can do if you're a parent is to allow your kids to have friends over. Mm -hmm. I think it's really easy as a mom to um, not do that because it means like time on our end, we have to give up. But, or they make a mess. And they make a mess yeah. and they break things. Other people's yep. kids accidentally do that. But I think it's really good for them to practice having friends over and not just their buddies, but also who in your circle doesn't get invited over very often yeah. and try to get them over too. Um, it's, it's really good. It helps them think beyond themselves and mm -hmm. think about somebody else. 
Um, they learn how to share. You talked about that, how to be kind. I also think they help learn how to lead in your house rules because mm -hmm. we all have house rules that are not scripture, right? Yeah. We, some people might have a rule that you're not allowed to, you know, jump on the couch. Uh, right. We don't. And some people might not care. That's right. And so you have to kind of work through that. So your kids know what those are. It helps them to learn how to be a leader too, in some ways, kindly. We want to yeah. be kind. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe this is something that you teach your kids so that they learn how to have people over. We also, at our house anyway, I do this every time, is I always walk through a list of things that my kids can do with their friends and yeah. help them come up with ideas because sometimes they're like, I don't know what to do, especially if it's someone they don't know very well. Yeah. Here's a list. You could go on a bike ride. You can get the scooters out. You can play. Here's like, look at our 82 games we have in this closet. Right? <laughs> Let's pull out three of them on the counter so that you can play them that you like and know how to play. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. Uh, to do because it's really easy f that helps to train our kids how to yes. do it, you know yep. to, to do that I think that's important mm -hmm. okay now what if you don't have any kids but you still want to be hospitable I mean does it even make sense to invite a family over with a lot of kids or even one or two kids I mean can't you just invite the adults <laughs> I mean the whole thing seems a little crazy Sharon so. I know it would be way easier if we were just all adults and we didn't make messes right or scratch woodwork but you know what? Kids bring some vibrancy and joy everywhere they go, yeah. and it's great. And and if if you're single, you might be, you know, a little too protective of your space. So maybe it'd be good for you to just trust that God mm -hmm. will care for you. And if something gets broken, it's okay. Actually, you know what, Sharon? One time I went to a woman's house. Um, I had three kids with me. She was a single woman, and she had this collection of I Spy books. Ooh, and those are so fun. Yeah, we had um, we had dinner at her house, which was very kind of her to invite me and my husband and our kids over. And my kids sat there for that entire time looking at those like I Spy books, Where's Waldo books. And I said, wow, why do you have these books? And she explained to me that she picked them up at garage sales and thought they would be great. And she wanted to have families over, and this was something that the kids could do. I thought that huh. was an excellent Excellent idea. I also yeah. have a friend who, when I had um, a baby, her kids were grown enough that she didn't have this anymore. She kept a diaper bag with baby toys, and it was like somewhere easy to grab. She'd pull it out, dump that bag open, and my kids thought, my little, little kids, you know, toddler, yeah. preschool, thought that was just awesome. You know, they awesome. were just so simple, and mm -hmm. it just showed that these two women in particular cared enough to think, okay, let's, let's go beyond just the adults. Let's think, how can we bless the kids? Yeah. And that's a great reminder when we're being hospitable. Yeah. Like, again, we're thinking of other people. So right. So that's great. Right. Okay, what about a, a single person or someone who lives alone? Um, what would be some good tips for a person who wants to do this but might feel overwhelmed to invite over people into their apartment, for example? How can yeah. they do this or invite a large family? So I think about even my kids, my youngest is nine now, so it's not like I'm a have a bunch of babies, but what a blessing, like for a mom with a bunch of little kids, that's exhausted just to be refreshed and come over for dinner at your home. And mm. maybe she can bring dessert, which would be easier than her making a whole dinner. But, and then you'd be surprised at the bonds that you create with those kids. And yes. then it's just really fun. And if you don't have any kids, they're kind of like your spiritual kids when yeah. you get to know kids. And that is yeah a great blessing and you can speak into their lives, you yep. know, in a unique way when you have a relationship yes. with them. And, and I also think that you don't have to, I, I commented about maybe it was an apartment, 
you don't actually even, you mentioned this earlier, you don't actually have to host everything at your house. Maybe that yeah. doesn't work, but you can go to the park yeah. and bring pizzas. Yeah. You could um, say, hey, um, I really like this place. Let's go here and do this event together. Yeah. Let's go to this carnival together and um, I'll buy everybody ice cream cones. Whatever. You know, yeah. like there's ways to in be hospitable with that. Well, now you mentioned that even there's like even my girls do this like you could go pick up somebody's kids and take their kids to the park or yep. ice cream and give them mom a break that's that's yep. being hospitable yes, to her yep. you know yeah that's using your car for hospitality it right? is so that's it right. is okay so let's flip it now let's think about how it would be if we are being invited over okay. um i know that sometimes uh it's really lovely i get a call from somebody or a text mm -hmm. and i get invited my whole family Woo! okay so what are some good things we can do as to be a good guest? Okay, so typically my first question would be, is it just Mike and I or all okay. all of our kids? So kind of laying it out. Yeah, just to be clear, because you don't want to show up with 12 yep. people and they were expecting just Mike right. and I. Yeah, that's not um, <laughs> So it depends on who has invited us, but typically they invite the family, which is very kind. Probably in the summertime so they can keep the kids outside. Right, and that's helpful. That's <laughs> it good. is helpful. But anyway... When we're invited, I always offer to bring something, and it's usually oh. rolls, because I'm known for rolls. <laughs> yeah, good, So good. that's okay. I know how to make them. Okay, so Julie, um, I try to eat what we're served without saying this big laundry list of things that we can't eat. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Except probably if you have someone who has like an a, a legitimate allergy. You know, yeah. like I'm allergic to peanuts, or I'm allergic to tree nuts, like my daughter is. You, 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 you yeah. actually have to say that, because I know that... It would be very awkward if someone, if I made something amazing that had an allergen and the person couldn't eat it at my table. I'd rather know ahead That's true. in that regard. But sometimes people like to say, I want a certain kind of a food, mm -hmm. right? I yeah. don't like this. I don't like beans. Yeah. Right. So. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't want like an anaphylactic reaction at the dinner table. No. Bring your EpiPen to but dinner. But that's so, that's actually relatively rare in all the times I've it had is. people over. Yeah. So I think mostly we just need to eat and teach our kids to eat what they're served. Exactly. That's true. I mean, they don't have to have a cup and a half of broccoli if they don't like it, but they could eat a piece. They could. It's not going to kill them. My kids like broccoli, so they would eat the cup and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I try to offer to help clean up. Oh, take yeah. plates to the table and have my kids do that, you know. Yeah, that's great. Um. That's and then, such a blessing to the host. Yeah, because a lot of times if that doesn't happen, you're left with a big, huge mess, and yeah. it's usually late. So, um, And then typically before we leave where we've been, I just remind the kids, hey, did you clean up the space mm. you were playing in and make sure everything's cleaned up? Now, that can go really wrong because one time we were standing in the foyer ready to leave. I'm like, so kids, did you clean up? You know, Did you put all your toys away? Well, Mom, it was a big mess when we got here. Oh, no. Mike and I, like, crawled through the woodwork. Like, oh, oh no. it was just, yeah, funny. Oh, no, I hope that wasn't at my house. It was not your house. <laughs> I'm not going to say whose house it was, but they were small enough to know that you probably shouldn't say that. Right, right. And then we said, well, just leave it better than you found it, which that's is right. a good lesson. Yes, you it should. is. Yep, that's right. Um, and then I always try to send a thank you note when people have opened their home to us, thanking them. And yeah. That's great. You know, that's something we don't really send notes very much anymore. No, our, we don't. In our day and age. So that's a really, I would love to get notes in the mail. I still do. I love to get notes in the mail. I, I don't care what snow. they are, but real notes, not a bill. Exactly. Not, not a, you know, uh, advertisement for something, but that's always helpful. And 
it actually costs a little bit to buy, send a note. Not a lot. 55 yeah, cents, right? Yeah. And but it just shows someone took the time and effort. I think that just shows that you care rather than a text. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what to do when we have people over because we can't just make them eat and yep. be quiet. So what about conversation? Um, we probably want to get to know the people we're having over. What are some things we can do to know the people that we're inviting into our homes? So I talked about my kids having questions ready to go. Yep. So same for me. Yep. I try to have some questions. One of the big ones we always talk about if it's a married couple. So how did you meet? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting some of the stories that we've heard. Yes. Like, Whoa. It really allows you to get to know them yes. when you figure yes. out how they met. Um, how he proposed to her is always kind of a fun yeah. question. Okay, so I knew a friend, I'm just going to mention this, who, a guy who cross-stitched, will you marry me? Oh, wow. And made a huge scavenger hunt for his future oh, wife. That's fun. For her to go through. And then she opened up the gift and it was this, will you marry me cross-stitch that the guy <laughs> did. That was the best proposal story I've that's ever heard. That's great. It was a good one. So Cross-stitch takes a long time. I know. He's committed. He's been thinking about it for yes. a while. <laughs> that's a long time. I have a lot of unfinished cross-stitch. Yes. Um, and then... As always, you can play games. Those are fun, and you can kind of sure. chat while you're playing, and it's not as just sitting and staring at each other mm-hmm. across the table. So Those are really good things. I think when it comes to questions, um, it's sometimes helpful to, again, have a list Yeah, that maybe you just can Google good questions to ask people. I've done that, Yeah, and it helps my kids, or it helps me to kind of think through, okay, what can I ask these people, especially if it's people that I'm not super connected with. Yes. Because sometimes you have to process ahead how you're going to take the conversation, what you're going to ask. Yep. And I, and my thing is, if you ask questions, you lead the conversation. So that's true. That's kind that's of what true. happens. Yeah. Um, I will say one of the best things that ever happened to me was when I when I go to someone's house and they don't just talk to me the whole evening, which mm-hmm. I just love. Let's chit chat. Mm-hmm. But they actually engage in conversation with my kids. Like when my kids were little, they'd get down on their level, or they might color a picture with them. They might play a game. Uh, I, I just love that. Or, or my older kids, now they'll talk to them about more adult things. You're like, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to go there for, for college. Or you work there. What yeah. do you do there? All those kind of things. I guess um, I was thinking from my own experience, don't forget to engage in the children Yeah, that come big. into your house. You know, I, I think that's important. That's a really great point, Julie. And you know, kids will never forget the adults that like see them. Yes. You know, they're not just a nuisance or they make messes. But they make them feel important and they remember that. Yes, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to give you a topic. Are you ready for like a little, I feel like this is like a little game show. Okay. You ready for a topic, I am ready. I'm going to give you a topic and see if you can give me some quick practical suggestions for our listeners on these hospitality topics. Okay. Okay. First off, who do you invite? That's a great question. So I'll just tell you some things, some people that I've invited. And um, Okay, so for a while I hosted... We call it Grandma Night. Aww. So um, Mike's grandmother. Did you all dress like grandmas? No. Okay, no, no. that would be really I'm... fun. <laughs> I thought that's no. what you meant. <laughs> no, the Grandma Night was like we invited all the grandmothers oh, for dinner. I love it. So it was like once a month, and my kids did not get to see their great grandma very often. So this was a way for them oh, to connect with it. her, and they got to know her quite well. So that's kind of why I hosted Grandma Night. I for love my it. Kids to get to know her, and then that kind of morphed into. A family night, you know, we'd have the grandmas, the aunts, uncles, extended family, 
Um, COVID kind of kiboshed that. I need to re resurrect that. A lot of okay. these things have been kiboshed, yeah. but now it's starting to open We can up. start over. We can. I know for the past um, 22 years in my family, we have done a family night once a month. Now, mm -hmm. uh, where I live, all of my family night on my side of the family lives within a half hour. My, my yeah. one sister lives in California, but everybody else lives close. And it's not the same as inviting strangers yep. into your home, but you know what I loved is getting to know my nieces and nephews yeah. and watching them grow up. And I actually have relationships with all of them. And you know, it's just a good thing. I can ask them questions, I can talk to them, and I've become, have a relationship with them beyond. And they, as they were growing up, who knows where they were with the Lord? Like, yeah. I can't say that all my nieces and nephews are rock solid believers. Yeah. So in that regard, you know, this is another, another opportunity for us to speak the truth of the gospel to our yeah. families. If we need to, we may not, and we might be able to encourage each other in Christ too. Well, and that's a great, a great thing you bring up. A lot of times we just kind of take family for granted, but it's important to yeah. set aside a time for them. And if you do it monthly, you're seeing them 12 times a year, not yep. just at Christmas or and it doesn't have to be monthly. That's no, how it we doesn't. do it. Yeah. But it, it could be that you just set every, you know, little bit, we're going to get invite yeah, the family over. So, great. Yeah. Yep. So another thing that I've done, I'm sure you and a lot of our listeners have out of town friends sure. that have lived here and then moved away. Yep. So I really feel for these people. They come yeah. back in town and they want to see so many people and they don't have enough time or a place to host people. So I'll usually reach out to my friend and say, all right, you're going to be here this day. What day do you want to invite people? So she'll give awesome. me a list of names and sometimes I have to cap it. Like, let's invite 40 people this time. <laughs> right. And this, we typically don't do kids because our friends have a lot of kids. So. Yeah. It's usually just adults, with the, yep. which which is okay. So she'll send me a list, and we'll just have a big party at our That's house, awesome. and she'll get to see everybody she wants to see, and it works out great. She's thankful for that, and that's just a way just to yeah. love them when they're here. Yep, and they may not live in our city anymore, but they still have a relationship. With a lot important. of people, yeah. yeah. And then the other thing, Julie, usually I try to invite two to four families, and that... It's really cool how like some, at the same time at the same mean? time. So like, let's have these two or three families over, and sometimes they don't know each other, but yep. then they develop a relationship by being in our home together. Yes. So then they get connected, and it's just kind of a cool way to just get more people into your home and yeah, I love connected. this too. I yeah. love it. I do this, and it's amazing how many people connect later. Yes. Because they were invited, we invited over like three different groups of people. Yeah. And and the conversation also rolls so much smoother. It does. Because you have a lot more people to talk. That's so true. So I can run in and check the soup in the kitchen and they can still talk and it's not all one person having to lead. I yes. love that. That's good. And it goes back to, Julie, what you talked about, you know, sometimes we get in our little rut. Like we, like, I would have Julie over every week because it's yeah, comfortable, it's but yeah. it's it's great to invite different kinds of people. Well, and then you could still have me over. Yes, I could, I could. But you could invite two other families. Exactly. But I'm they... not trying to get an invite, though, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll invite you, Julie. Okay. Anything else? Okay, so for a time, we've also, my husband kind of has this little posse of men that follow him, young guys, so we would host these single guys in our home. Nice. Um, 
so you know they're single they probably never get a square meal yep they're so eating ramen they're eating ramen and pizza <laughs> and who knows right. what else so we invite them over and um they come with questions nice. to ask my husband so it's kind of purposeful they have questions prepared that the, and then we just sit around and talk and and we laugh for hours and it's just that's it's awesome. just kind of fun and that's endearing to them really because they are probably like you said not eating great food so i bet they yeah. have good food at your house and good conversation and that's good it's good and then as i said it doesn't always have to be a big big huge meal you can have people over to make cookies or just mm -hmm. host a fun event. Um, minute to win it games or an Easter egg hunt for yep. kids is yep. fun. Yeah. So speaking of Easter egg hunts, Julie, we both remember oh, yes. that time. I think I invited a zillion kids. Yeah, I actually think I counted them. There was a there zillion, was a zillion there. <laughs> And it literally downpoured. Yes. Like, there was no chance of going outside. So we were crammed in my house. It was a little crazy. Yeah, it was. I have to recall. Is that the year we did Easter Jeopardy? Yeah. I, I loved I, Easter Jeopardy. I have played that game multiple years. It, it was, was just great. Like a Google pod, a Google thing you could you could print. Google yes. that. That's what I was trying to think of. I'm always a party girl, so I love parties, and I'm comfortable with the planning. Yep. And that reminds me, like, I think there's a value in putting together, like, a party like that for you and your friends and, like, doing it with somebody. Yes. It actually means that you share the responsibilities. And yep. you don't even have to do it at your homes. You can still go to a park. Yeah, I think you brought some food. Other people yep. brought food. It wasn't like I did everything, yep. but I think yeah. we all brought candy for those amazing Easter eggs. Yes, that we, we did. hid everywhere in your house. Are yes. you still finding them? I probably do have them under the couch. Yep, for sure. Um, the other thing that I've done, um, there was a, like a group of newly engaged married women. They came to my house, and like I said, I'm known for my roles. So <laughs> I showed them how to make various breads, cool. rolls. We probably did four or five different things and they literally ate everything we made. I'm like, you guys aren't going to fit in your wedding dress. <laughs> I was shocked. You should have done that after. Right? I should have. Some of them were already married. There were some that were, but I think they all fit in their dress. But anyway, so now these girls, they, they'll make cinnamon rolls and they send me pictures of Ooh. them and they're they just huh. took off with it. That's so fun. And I think I made their husbands happy because now they're making cinnamon rolls. Right. You right. know, so that was very fun. So Sharon, how do you organize your week? You know, you sound like you invite people over often. How can you actually organize your week so that you get all the things of your normal stuff done and mm -hmm. then also have people over? So I try to plan out what I'll be having and I get prepped over a few days. You know, if you keep it all to the day of the you're having them over, you oh, can get stressed out and it's crazy. overwhelming. So like I said, again, rolls, I can, <laughs> ma I make those and put them in the freezer and sure. I can just pull them out, put them on a cookie sheet to rise during the day and bake them later. And that saves a lot of time. I always try to make a list, you know, of things that I'm having, serving things I need to do. Cause I'm sure you've done this at Thanksgiving. Oh, I forgot to, the yes. cranberries. I didn't right. put those out, you yep. know, or even lists for my kids to help yep. me get prepped. And then we cross it off and we know everything's finished. Yeah, that's a good idea. I love mm -hmm. lists. I also made one year a, um, I was a meal plan on a Google okay. Doc. And I just picked four or five really good meals that I loved. Mm -hmm. I put the main dish, the side, salad, like what salad I wanted to put with it, you know, what kind of bread yeah. and what dessert. And I literally just used those five when I had people over. That's a great and idea. And I made a grocery list for each one of them. Yeah. Because it took me a little bit of time up front, but then mm -hmm. all I had to do was go print it 
and I said, okay, we're going to have, you know, this, oh, we're going to have this yummy pork loin that was Sharon Arndt's recipe <laughs> that she got off all recipes, but yeah. it was so good. So I made that one of them that year. Pork loin's cheap, yep. right? So it I could make cheap. a big amount of it. And then I just had my grocery list right there. It was just, it was just a huge, lists are huge. I think. And you're not reinventing the wheel every right. time you go to do this. It makes it much easier. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some good meals that you, you make when you have a large group over? So I already said spaghetti is a big thing. Yes, that's and a good one. I usually make my own with those, you know, ginormous cans of yep. tomatoes and sauce. Yum. So, you know, I usually have leftover then for my family Which the next. Which is good. Or you can make lasagna the next day with the yeah. leftover. Or freeze it. Or you could freeze it. Yeah. Um, so like you said earlier, a taco bar, you know, ground beef is still relatively cheap. Yeah. Not back in the day, like it used to be, yeah. but it's pretty inexpensive. Um, pork loin, that's one of my go-tos as well. It's mm -hmm. a very good recipe. There's a lot you can do with pork loin. Can I yes, just say a lot of recipes? There is a lot. As long as you don't overcook it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, dry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. So desserts. Oh Yeah. Now, brownies with ice cream, that's good, but sometimes brownies get tracked everywhere. Oh, yeah. Have you found that? Yes. Um, yes, yes. Maybe have yes. the kids sit at the table when they eat their brownies with ice cream. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I make, you know, the eclair dessert with oh, graham yes. crackers and pudding. I love and it. It's so easy. It's so easy. You don't have to turn and on actually, your oven. And actually, kids can make that because it's a no-bake Yes, they can. And yep. it's super yummy, and especially in the summertime, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have a chocolate chip bunt cake that we make, and that's pretty. I love that cake. Simple. It's very good. That's my son's favorite birthday cake. Is that's it? That's all he ever wants. So. Yum. Um, one dessert that I make, which I don't make anything for, and that is ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes at our local uh, grocery store, I can find ice cream like five for ten bucks, which yeah. is crazy. I buy like, you know, ten different types of ice cream and put out all ten of them. Oh wow. And then I'll put out ice cream cones. And sometimes toppings. And it's really crazy how that's just really fun. You get to pick your own. You get to try seven different types with like a little mini scooper. Yeah. Also, great. you and I have a mutual friend yep. who hosts people at her pool. And she buys huge tubs of ice cream and humongous <laughs> tubs of toppings from a bulk store. Yes, she does. Like she'll buy the Butterfinger, crushed up Butterfingers in like a, you know, huge. 10 pound bag. Yes. Yep. But you know what? That is her dessert that she does all summer long. And it is a lot of money up front, but in the long run, it's no big deal. And there's yeah, something when kids it's are in very the pool. Good. Yep. Okay, you know, Sharon, we could talk all day about um, all these ideas. Mm -hmm. um, what are some creative ideas? Just a few creative mm -hmm. ideas when you have people over, because we want people to have fun yeah. when they're there too. So, what are some things you do? Um, well, Pictionary is very fun. In fact, yes. my kids played that at your house when they were here. <laughs> yeah. So they came home and. We've been playing Pictionary. It's super fun. Yeah. Any age kid can do it, yep. and it's just fun, and you laugh. And, and I know that you can just make up your own things, but I know you could probably find a Pictionary printable oh, with, yeah. with ideas. So. Well, there's even apps on the... You can yeah. Google, and it'll yes. say, new word. I think I sent it to you yeah. after my boys were here, and it, it generates words. Scattergories is always fun. A, a lot of people can play that. We have a dice game that we play that's kind of fun, and, you know... 10 or 12 people could play. Yep. So. Yeah, I played um, with a group of people a game called Deer in the Headlights. Okay. And it was a game that you can play and talk at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's good. And, yeah. and that made it easy to just keep conversation. Yeah. 
Uh, I think you could also do something for someone else, like putting together a care package, like yeah. for a college student or someone who moved away. Yeah. Um, or you could do some crafts with kids. I think kids love it. I love the game gestures. I could play gestures every single day. It is so much fun. It is fun. My family's not a huge fan, so I'm always excited when people come over because I'm like, <laughs> we're playing gestures. Like, oh, great. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, what about if you have kids, teenagers, babies? What are some things to do with them or have them do? Because you know what? Yeah. Sometimes they actually need to go outside and do something. That's right. So we have a volleyball net we'll set up in our front yard, and that's great. Kids yeah. love to play that. Any age kid can play sure. that. Maybe not we, the five-year-olds, but... Yeah, we don't even... Well, you use a beach ball. Oh, We've done it with a beach true. ball before. And okay. we've used... We don't have a volleyball net, but we have a badminton net. Okay. So it's not, you know, appropriate Can't for... Can't spike on right. it or anything. But it's perfect for that when you're doing yeah. something fun like that. Actually, badminton is fun. I mean, yeah. not as many people can play it once, but my kids love playing badminton. Yeah. A bonfire is always good. Mm. Have some mores. My kids like playing cornhole. Yeah. I think cornhole's fun, or basketball. Like, yeah, what is that game where you shoot and you have oh, to shoot pig or, or horse or knockout? Like, knockout. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. always fun. I'm sure you could Google these if you don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Okay, chalk. Yes. You have a huge driveway now. It'd be awesome to do chalk yes. on your driveway, but you can buy a big bucket of chalk at Walmart, cheap, and that entertains kids for hours. Yes. Even big kids. I like doing chalk. So, and then I have some toys in the basement. They're just in different bins. I can just pull them out and bring them upstairs um, so little kids can play with those. So yeah. that, that works out. Because really, four-year-olds, you may not be able to let them run free outside or three-year-olds. No. So they need something different. They do. Yeah. yeah. I think my teens like, um, sometimes they love those kinds of games and it's good to have an option. But sometimes they just like to hang and talk. Yes. And that's okay, too. I think that's uh, another good side of it. It's know? great, yeah. Okay, so um, I just moved into a new house. And before I moved into this new house, we were doing all kinds of things in my house, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, you have had lots of remodels. Right? I have. So yes. did you ha were you hospitable during your remodels? Did you like just serve <laughs> the men who were building the walls? Or did you have other people over? I did not hunker down in a corner. Okay. Although sometimes I wish I had. <laughs> so we did a total gut of my 1980s kitchen. Ooh. Yeah. And it looks good now. It I does have to look. Say. It does it's amazing. Look. I waited a long time for that, but <laughs> literally had nothing in the kitchen. It was just a big room. Everything was ripped out. So and then the, 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 the <clears throat> and then Todd, who remodeled our kitchen, said, "You guys need to leave for a week because he oh. had to put the floor in." So he didn't want me there with all my kids. So this was around July Fourth. So Mike said, "We're going to host a big July Fourth party." I'm like, "Oh, really? I have no kitchen." <laughs> so we moved forward and we kind of made it work with a grill. And he's got a big fryer, so we made a bunch of French fries Ooh. and. I think the worst part of that was like washing all the dishes in my laundry room sink that oh, day. Man. But there were some good friends of mine in there helping me and we were laughing. We had we have great memories yeah. from that. Even though it was hard, we had a great Life time. Life goes on. Yeah, right. it was fun. Well, yeah, I think I was at this party because I think I had those fries. Oh, They're amazing. I want some of those fries today. <laughs> those are yummy. Yeah. Um, and it was a good memory. And you know what? I think that that's a really good lesson. Like whenever I go to somebody's house, if I'm helping them do dishes... I don't really care, mm -hmm. you know, like, so it's easy for us to go, no, 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 you don't have to help me with dishes and then end up becoming frustrated later yes. and irritated because you're doing all the dishes, Yeah. but just have people help you and chit chat. That's yeah. okay too. Yep. Nobody ever is upset. So, yep. 
All right, so uh, what do you do though? It sounds like you've had fabulous times at your house. What do you do though when something goes wrong? You know, like, do you cry? Like, for example, here's my story. Okay. I'm just going to lay it out. All right. One time, we had this couple that we knew, and they lived in Costa Rica. Okay. And they were there. He was a business professor at a school down there, and they their family was here, so they would come back to the States and come to our area, and they would always reach out, and we almost always had them over. They came to our church when they were back here in, um, in Toledo. Okay. Well, one time, I put this yummy beef stew in my crock pot. Oh, it was so mm. good. It was like my favorite beef stew ever. It has a little tapioca. In it. Oh, it's it's unusual, but it's really good, and it makes it really flavorful. Huh. Anyway, I had it in there. I put it in. I was all like, I got this down. You yeah. Know? And I had my bread. I should have had Sharon's rolls, but I had <laughs> my bread, and then I had you know a salad ready and dessert. And I came home from church that day, and they were right behind us in the car. Mm-hmm. They were probably five minutes behind us. I came in the house, and my crock pot was cold. Oh. I immediately checked. Did I plug it in? Yes. Did I put it on high? Yes. And it was cold, ice cold. Oh no! About this time, the door, the doorbell rings, and oh, they're no. at the door. And my husband and I stood there in the hallway, and my husband's explaining what's going on, and I'm just like, my mind is like racing. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Peanut butter and jelly and yeah. salad? No, no, you don't eat you peanut butter and jelly that. and salad. And it was really funny because the woman said, "Great!" She was so excited that I had this mess of not having my food ready, and I was kind of surprised. And she said. We did not get a chance to eat American pizza, and I really want to have pizza. Can we order pizza? Whoa. And I was like, yeah, that would be so easy to do. So we actually ordered pizza, and we got her topping choices, which was fine with me. We ate it. We had the salad. We had dessert. We had a great time in conversation. And I took that crock pot and put that whole insert in my fridge because it was still ice cold. And then the next day, I went to our local uh, grocery store or like Walmart, you know, and bought another crock pot, poured it in, and had dinner that night. So it was a win-win. But it was a bit of a surprise. So have you ever had anything like that happen? Oh, yes. More than once. Okay. All right. Give me a good story. Okay. So this is the same as you after church. You know, it's just hard to have things ready to go yeah. and our when you get pots home, are our friends, right? They are our friends when they turn on. Yeah. You know? So so we were having a big group after church and um, I had everything set ready to go, you know, before church. Everything looked great. I had like three crock pots full of like different kinds of soup. Oh yum. Yeah. I love soup parties. <laughs> so so we got home and I had this chicken and wild rice soup. Actually it's Cheryl's recipe. It's mm. so yummy. Um, so anyway I looked at it, it was all like kind of curdled. It was like a cream Ooh. soup and it tasted like terrible. Like oh. something went rancid. I have no idea. It was totally fine in the morning. Um, so I literally had to pitch the entire pot. Oh. There was no saving it. That's so, so sad. It was really sad because that soup is really good. And I still don't know what happened. I think I didn't take out the bay, li- bay leaf. I don't know if that caused it, but... And it, I ended up just serving the other two kinds, and luckily I always kind of make way more yeah. food than I need, so it kind of worked out. You we had just enough. had two kinds instead of three, but that was kind of sad. Yeah, and that does happen, though. It I, does happen. I, I can think of many times when I've had somebody over and something went wrong. But my soup was hot, but it was just yeah. rotten. Right, Unlike right. yours, that yeah. wasn't even hot. Okay, so tell me, though, now that we've talked about all these times that we've had people in our homes, that mm-hmm. you've had people in your homes, what about a time when someone's been hospitable to you? Okay. And so, how did it bless you? Okay, so this just happened in the last couple months. There's this newlywed couple. They invited us for dinner. Well, they talked to Mike and invited him. So I followed up, and, you know, I 
I asked the question, so just Mike and I or like all of my kids? You know, I have 11 kids. Right. So. Okay, but you, not all 11 would have gone. No. Because some of no. them are too old. Yeah, so I still have seven at home. Yeah. So it could be a it's big still large. <laughs> Two or nine is quite a difference. Yeah. So um, so I asked, I asked her and she said, no, anyone that can come is welcome to come. So I'm like, okay. So. So we went, and I think there were nine of us that went because seven still live at home. And so we showed up, and it didn't take long for our family to fill up their space in their apartment. Their apartment was pretty tiny. So we crunched in the living room. We were on the floor. We were on couches, and they pulled up some kitchen chairs. And we just ate in the living yeah. room because that's all that's where we fit. And we just had a delightful time, and the conversation was yep. great. And And I was really thankful that they were willing to take on our family and not let the size of their space, mm-hmm. you know, hinder them from being hospitable. Um, and it was really a great example to my kids, yes. you know, so they weren't sitting around waiting until they had the space or enough chairs, you know, to, to open their home to right. people. So they just dove in and it was great to see. And it was a lesson for my kids and even a lesson for me, you know, there's so many reasons we can muster up, you know, why we can't be hospitable. You know, my house is too small. Yep. I'm too busy. I can't cook. I have too many little kids. My husband works all the time. And the list goes on. I'm sure you can think of some reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super easy to find excuses. And if we just put that effort into finding excuses and actually organizing an event at our house, yes, it would be really good. It would. We actually had a similar experience a little while ago, a couple months ago. We actually invited, were invited to a single guy's house for dinner. Whoa. All by himself. He said, I want to have your family over. That's and impressive. And I looked at him and thought, are you talking to me? You know? <laughs> And he did. He had this huge, gigantic pot of soup. In fact, the funny story is my girls were out shopping the day before, and he was actually at the store buying the soup pot, Oh, was really fun. He had to buy a new pot. Yeah, new pot. Wow. And I brought a salad, and you know, we had ice cream for dessert. Again, I yeah, hit. Yeah. And he actually told me something that, that was really interesting. He said, hey, um, when you guys come over, would you bring your favorite family game Great idea. And so we played um, our favorite family game around the table. It was something all my family was comfortable and was used to playing. Yeah. And that was actually really fun. And, um, you know, it's really a good reminder to use our creative energy that we use to make excuses yeah. to actually invite people over. We can all do that. Yep. Wow. That's really cool. Very cool. Do you have any advice that you would give to somebody um, about hospitality? Like where to start? Well, um, I think you just start small, you know, like invite someone over for coffee. It doesn't even have to be a dessert. It can just be coffee. Just start somewhere and stop making excuses. All the reasons you can't start saying the reasons you can. Yep. I think that's good. You know, one time when we first started coming to the church that we're at right now, I was at church and I was not really a huge fan of changing churches. I was Mm. following my husband and trying to have a good attitude, but I wasn't really sure that I wanted to be here Mm -hmm. anyway. And a woman um, invited me over for lunch with my kids and she was extremely sweet. And um, it actually was what cinched it for me because she and I had great conversation. She made a grilled chicken Asian salad. I remember you it. You still remember. It must have been good. And um, my kids played well, and she had a couple kids too. And it was 
a little unusual. I didn't know her at all. I think I'd met her at church twice. Hmm. She didn't invite our whole family over. Um, I'm not saying she should have. It just was yeah. exactly how God wanted it to happen because I actually had questions about things having to do with the church. Mm-hmm. And in a very casual, normal conversation, we were able to answer them. Hmm. It was just really, it was really pivotal for me. And yeah. I think don't neglect the idea that you can just invite a woman and her kids over or an individual woman over or going to get coffee, yeah. even if it's at a coffee shop yeah. is actually a way to show some hospitality and show that you care, right? Yes. Keep that in mind. Hey, um, it's been really great to have you on, Sharon. Thank you. It's been great to be here. You have some really fabulous ideas and suggestions. Um, I probably should get together and organize this and have somebody over Sunday. <laughs> so, or soon, I should say. Yeah. Hey, would you pray for us? I would love to. Father, I thank you for your word and the direction it gives us is to how we are to live. Your word is clear and commands us to be hospitable. Hmm. Lord, I pray for each lady who's listening to this podcast that she would take something that she heard today and that she would apply it in her life. I pray that her trust would be in you to provide all she needs to obey what your word says. Hmm. Amen. Lord, I know firsthand the hard work of hospitality, and yet I also know firsthand the joy that comes with opening my home. Please give the women listening the strength they need to make this happen in their homes. I pray also they would know the joy that comes when they show hospitality. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you go, Sharon, I thought it'd be really fun at the end of this podcast. Okay. We're knee deep in the summer. It's July. Yes, we are. And uh, a few weeks ago, Sharon and I stood in my garage and we were discussing all the things we've done with our kids. So we have... Um, like some older kids and we've did all these fun things with them and now we have younger kids yep. and um, we were discussing how fun it is to get other people's ideas. So I thought we'd do a little back and forth of some of the fun things that we've done that might be an encouragement to you. Things that you can do, you could even invite other families along or just to be hospitable to your own kids. I think that's yeah. an important thing to love on our kids and not to forget them in this. So let's get it kicked off. Sharon, okay. you want to start? So here's our top 10, okay? Okay. Number 10. Number 10. Okay, so, Julie, I can't take credit for this. This is my okay. husband because when he brought this up, I think mess, big fat mess. I'm not <laughs> okay. going to do that. So he went to a carpet store and got a bunch of the empty rolls oh. that carpets come on. Cool. They um, were probably free. Yes, they're free because they want to get rid of them. I have no idea how many he got. As many as fit in my 15-passenger van. Okay. Brought them home, and they literally duct tape duct taped them all together and made this big maze going through the house down to the basement and wow. they would roll marbles down it and I think toward the end they were rolling eggs down oh, it no. to see if they would not break and they did end up breaking oh, but wow. they had lasted a few days and I'm like okay I'm sick of walking around these big tubes but it was very great fun. and it was free. Very, very fun. Yeah. Okay, number nine. One of my favorite things to do always with my kids is doing a water day outside in my backyard. Very it's fun. It's super easy to do, even if you don't have a pool. Every kid loves sprinklers, even teenagers like sprinklers. Yeah. Uh, one of the things they loved is to use chalk on our driveway and make tic tac toe boards or bullseye or, you know, I don't know, draw a girl with crazy hair and then, you know, give her a haircut. You know, like with oh, the yeah, sponges yeah. of the water. Um, yeah. Those are really fun. And making obstacle courses that include a sprinkler or water guns are really awesome. And you know what? You can do water gun Olympics, right? You can yeah. come up with all these games. There's yeah. tons of things on Pinterest. Super easy, super cheap, and a popsicle at the end makes the day fabulous. Oh, it's perfect. All right, are you ready for number eight? I am. Okay, so this is probably more for a rainy day, but 
We so, need those. We yes, need we do. Um, maybe for a little older kids, but so I make lots of pillowcases with my kids. You can literally just buy three fourths of a yard of fabric. Cool. And I let them go to the store, and they get to pick out, you know, what fabric Ooh, they want. So they want we, Star Wars, yes, or, or Michigan, yep. or you know. Car. My Little Pony. I, yeah, <laughs> My Little Pony. So, and then it's basically just sewing a rectangle and leaving the top open. And awesome. then we have lots of pillowcases, and they just think that's super and fun. And that's super fun and to have them easy. make something they get to use. Yeah, It's good. All right, number seven. Okay. Uh, rain, as you mentioned, rainy days. Uh, rainy days can really be boring inside. Yes, they can. So I can remember multiple times where I um, had a movie that we either hadn't seen for a long time, or sometimes I'll buy a movie and when we were doing DVDs. So I suppose you could rent one on Amazon or something. And they would be things we haven't seen yet. And yeah. I just put them away And when it was a rainy day. Then we would have, um, I'd make a concession stand in my kitchen. Huh. And I would buy those little candy bo- doc boxes of at the dollar store that looked like you'd get them oh, at the yeah. movie theater. And they're a lot cheaper there yeah. than at the theater. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like $4 cheaper. Yeah. And the kids would come in with play money and they would buy them. They'd sit down and we'd watch the movie together. I always had an accent. I don't know why. All the concession stand people had a <laughs> Southern American accent. I don't know why, but I they always had a little bit of a talk like this. But anyway, uh. I, I actually was able to do other things when we were watching the movie, like my laundry or lesson plan for my homeschooling years. But my kids just thought this super simple thing was so much fun. That's a great idea. I love that. Okay, number six. Number six. All right, so this is, I think my kids came up with this. I didn't come up with it, but they like to play drive through window. So, Ooh. like, there's a bay window in my kitchen, so we take out the screen, and they would, like, open it up. They would drive up, and they'd give their order. And On their bike or something? Yeah, their oh, bike so or a fun. little tight car, whatever. And they place their order, and then there's kids in the kitchen, you know, prepping the order and then handing it out to them. We probably had play money to pay for. Sure, sure. So drive-through window. And how know. easy that would be to become frustrated with that and not let your kids do that. Exactly. And there are probably times I did do yeah. that, too. But there's time. Well, I just mean, like... That's a really fun thing for them to do, and it does require us to say, okay, yes, you can get into all the food and figure out things you can make. And take the screen know. out of yep. the window and spill Kool-Aid down the side yes. of the house. And we'll whatever. clean it up later. It's okay. We're going to make a memory. Yeah. All right. Number five. I asked okay. my kids, what are their favorite things we did in the summer? Because okay. I thought, you know what? I'm telling you all these things I loved, but yeah. maybe they had some. So here's yeah. what they said. Amazingly, almost all of my kids said they loved bike rides and walks. Yeah. Random, let's go do these things, scooter rides. We at, Before we moved into the house, we're in the country right now, we lived into a neighborhood in the city, and we had great sidewalks. And we would go on long bike rides, we would go on long walks, and we would do lots of things on those walks. Sometimes we would pick up things or look for things that we could collect, you know, like little... Um, you know, helicopters off the top of, yeah. a, of, a, of a tree. Um, we also, one year, in addition to this, we would go to all, we tried to hit all of our metro parks in the area one summer and took a picnic lunch, and we hit almost every one of them. There's a lot of metro parks. Yeah, there That's are. Crazy. And we also did that with library branches. We in Toledo have probably eight to ten library branches, so yeah. we combined those two, and it was a field trip that cost me zero money because yeah. we go to the library in the morning, have go to a picnic in the afternoon at the park, and hang out at the park. That's and, fun. Uh, those were easy. Easy Very to do. Fun. I love the library too. It's great. All right, number four. Okay, so I think this is my favorite because most of the time I'm left by myself doing these because it's so cool. Those big giant bubbles, you know. Ooh. 
Oh, so much fun. So there's this You're left I see what you mean by left doing it yourself. Yeah, like I over there the all house. the kids are gone and I'm out there blowing bubbles and it's just so yeah. satisfying. You can make your own wand with like dowel rods and eye hooks and then like some string, make a big circle cool. and then you just pull it through. It's it's very satisfying. I've seen these bubbles. I, yeah, you've probably, I've probably done them with yes. you. I have. <laughs> so I just made some solution today. So my grandkids are with me and we're going to do that. Oh, this that's afternoon. awesome. It's very fun. Okay. okay. How about number three? Okay. Number three. This has to be one of my f- kids' favorite. So cooking competitions Ooh. are so much fun. So you can put a twist on these in so many ways add like a weird ingredient they need oh, to do. Or, oh, yeah. And then we usually judge like on presentation, taste, and creativity. And there's a time limit, you know, like oh, yeah. you get an hour. And so it's very Super fun. Super fun. It's very fun. One time we did that only we just, I just made a whole bunch of cupcakes and we just did it on decoration. That's a great so, idea. you know, then, and I just pulled out all kinds of crazy things. And I remember they were really creative in how yeah. they decorated those cupcakes. Yeah. And I had white frosting and then they could color their frosting, whatever color they wanted in a little cup. Yeah. But it was really, I mean, cupcakes are cheap and yeah. you can just go in your house. You don't even have to eat the cupcakes. And again, it can make a mess, but hey, we're creating memories. And then you practice cleaning up, right? That's right. They, they help clean up. All right. Number two, one summer, actually we did this multiple summers. I had junior chef and each of my kids at the beginning of the week would pick a recipe they wanted to make that week. And um, they would pick it out of a junior cookbook, so it was easy. And as they graduated up, they would pick something else. Now, I will say my kids almost always gravitated toward the dessert end. Oh, yeah. So I had to start saying, okay, you're going to do a salad. You're going to do some kind of a roll, you know, because then they would think about other things. And they would give me a list of their items that they wanted, and then I would get them at the grocery store. And they actually learned how to cook things that I would never have picked. And sometimes they turned out to be really fabulous recipes. Hmm. Sometimes they were not so good, (laughs) but that's okay. Number one favorite thing is something that Sharon has done and I've done. And she's done it more than I have. Okay. She doesn't even know what I'm going to tell her. Uh-oh. What did I do? This is when she would say, hey, I wanted to pick your kids up, but she didn't tell her kids. Oh, yeah. That she was picking my kids up to come and play. Or a couple times she came over and um, surprised my kids and they came got to yes. play for the day and that's just a really fun spontaneous spontaneous thing it's very fun and the kids love that to be able to do it for free and a couple times we went ended up at uh like you know a, a beach together yeah so you yep. know together it's just fun so the other thing to tag on to that sometimes i'll even have the kid get in the trunk Ooh. and i'll say hey go get the groceries to my boys and then their friend is in the trunk now i'm not driving around with their friend <laughs> in the trunk we do it in the driveway, but they just are in there giggling, and, and my boys go out to get the groceries, and it's just and the kid hilarious. pops up out. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's super fun. It's fun. Spontaneous things are fun, and they having are. having a chance to be hospitable with our family is important too. Yeah, so for sure. Hey, I am so thankful that you've been listening to this season. Uh, we've really had a good time talking about all the ways that we can respond the gift of salvation that God's given to us. And all of these things we've talked about are great. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to all the episodes, you can head back and listen to them on our little hiatus. We'll be back September of 2021 with a brand new season. We're going to be talking about how you and I can live in our reality, wherever we're at in our lives, how we can live every day for God. And we're going to talk about all kinds of things. And one of the things we're going to talk about is different seasons of life, how our lives look different when we are a young woman or a middle-aged woman or an older woman. and how we can serve God in those areas and maybe some of the challenges we have there too. So I hope you're going to want to listen. I 
know you're going to want to listen uh, in the next season. So, and um, let's see, what's my end line? I always say when the world. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know it enough. <laughs> I do. I've been listening. I, I love, love this podcast. Okay. It's great. All right, uh, and remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.